Now for the negative stuff. Mm. Oh, there's a big old pile of shit. Now let's go. Let's have a tell, real tell me the garbage. I want to hear the inside <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that got you listening. I'm glad that that perked you up. So, I mean, I'm here. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely with you. But like, you know, it's it's a love fest, and and I had a great time with it. I didn't obviously get to dig around until I had a negative experience. But I like. Uh, I don't like being negative for the sake of being negative, but I like critique and I like yes. being critical and uh, looking at areas of improvement and kind of like analyzing what's good and what's bad about an experience. So that's why I'm like, let's go. This is what I really want to hear. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 276. I'm one of your hosts, Neo Ayoshi, joined by Felix Hergood. Hey. Hey. This and is Felix Trip Hergood. Zero. <laughs> That's Felix Hergood. <laughs> Trip Zero. I'm Trip Zero. That was Felix. Neo started the show. I'm Trip Zero. What's up, everybody? We almost did it. We held tight, but the delay was a little bit too much for the internet to handle. So I broke it. Here we are. <laughs> It's all we're good. Gonna, What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing nice. real great, you guys. Very nice. Very nice. Because Same. Lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. I spent over 20 hours, maybe 30 hours over the weekend playing with a new PlayStation 5 console. And Ooh. I'm sorry, Felix. I do not mean to rub it in. Yeah, you're stomping all over it. my fucking heart and soul. I know. No, man. I literally so can't. Sorry. Dude, I've been searching like... Every day, you know, like I haven't been going to the designated release day time shit bullshit that they're doing. Um, a perfectly good example, okay? I uh, wanted to uh, order, this was in previous years, this year I, I was on the ball with it, but in previous years I wanted to order an iPhone, right? I order it, or I go into the page after the release day. After it's been released as a device, yeah, I got mine too. Look at that. Mm. Um, if you're Ooh, not watching uh, live, if you didn't know, we uh, broadcast live Wednesday nights on Twitch.tv/slash/emergent underscore gamer. It's my thing. I always find a way to sneak that in. Um, I'm Dude, holding up my it. iPhone 11 Pro Max into the camera as Felix is talking about ordering yeah, his iPhone, which I got as well. Love it, big fan. Blue color? It's blue color. Yeah, dude. But what I'm trying what I'm trying to illustrate, Trip, is the day of release. Well, the de- leading up to the day of release, there's a pre-order mm-hmm. system set in place, and you can go to pre-order just like with PlayStation, just like with Xbox. Mm-hmm. So that happens, and and if you miss out on a pre-order, then you might find that when you go to pre-order, they never they never tell you through the website that you're not getting one. They tell you right. when you're getting one if you pre-order late, and the when right. is sometimes weeks away, months away. It could be a long long while. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is I can pay, and I know there's a date, and I know the shit's coming eventually, right? Like, right, exactly. even even though it's far away, this this release of shit, and then not tell me that I can buy it, reserve it, like it, they must be working with a fucked up you, archaic inventory system to not you, be able to allocate that. Your mistake is expecting them to have some sort of 
wait list that you can be on when they do become available. But instead, like the the G Force catastrophe that was that that launch, you just it's just every man for themselves. It's chaos. It's chaos in the but, streets. But, but, but why are, are they are not producing everywhere. enough on purpose? No. Well, normally there's actually it's a name easier, for that, and that's it must be easier to launch. produce. It must be, yeah. no, but I'm saying it must be easier to produce phones. Like the, is, I mean, maybe. Are, the, the, are you comparing? The question is: you, Is Apple just making the phone that I eventually get nine weeks later, or or hardware you, you production goes? It starts way before they they even announce it to the world, right? Like uh-huh. like before they show you the design, that production's already started. Like they are they're ready to go. Maybe it is easier mm-hmm. to make make these phones. But why are they undershooting their orders. demand? If they if they anticipate a demand, why are they intentionally not making enough to meet the fucking demand? That's the well, problem. I don't think it's, I don't think it's an intentional thing. I think it's always balancing. Uh, you know, perceived demand versus actual demand. Uh-huh. And it's, it's literally people, people have entire jobs to predict this based on market studies and trends and, and, you know, supply line optimization. So they, they don't ever want to not have the phone you want, but they also don't want to make phones that won't sell. And that's the line that they're walking. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be sitting on inventory. They want it all to go. So they'd rather, they'd rather underproduce and catch up then overproduce have a bunch of shit that doesn't sell still still to this day even with the the nvidia stuff and these consoles still to this day the nintendo wii launch was by far way worse than this because you couldn't find the the nintendo wii you couldn't find those for months and i wasn't one of those people that were looking actively looking for a wii at the Mm -hmm. time i didn't care at the time but they were like impossible to find like you would there and there was no, the internet wasn't as mature it is as it is right now. And by mature, I don't mean like immature, immature. I mean it's just like older now. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you didn't, you just couldn't find one. It was just it, like stores couldn't hold these things in stock, or they didn't get enough simply. Like, and there was no way of like ordering them. It was a whole problem. And this and like it's just more. We're like more attuned to it now because the internet is so instant with its like feedback with right. everything going on. Like. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like you will be able to get a PS5, if not December, if not December, sometime in the new early new year. Oh, for I'm, sure you will. I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, I'm pretty sure. If you uh, hot tip, Felix, follow Wario64 on Twitter. He tweets I, I out am. when like these. Yeah, these companies like he'll tweet out like when these companies are about to fulfill like more like order intake. Like if you want to like put one in. And like I've seen him like post a few times, like, "Hey, these orders are going like they're going to be putting them live live stock soon," you know, like they're they're he's active like with like that. Um, but yeah, shall shall we? I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this console. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, I got nothing going on. I mean, it's it's the destiny grind. We all know that's that's happening. Beyond Light came out last week, and the raid is a Saturday. So, uh, me and my team and all my friends have been preparing, getting our characters leveled up. You all know that story. There's nothing new to talk about there. So. I just had one thing. For sure. Rip it. Do it. Uh, so I've been playing the Mafia 2 game, and I've gotten to the point where I almost have all of the, the core game trophies collected. And the final mm-hmm. the final two trophies that I have to get before I move on to the DLC for the game is um, uh, wanted posters for most wanted criminals type things. They're all over the world. I'm going to 
find them or whatever. And then contained specifically within the story quests, and there's probably about 15 chapters to the story, are Playboy centerfold pictures. Hell yeah. From the, I remember that. From the right, from the early to late sixties. So we're talking like nineteen, I think maybe the earliest one in there is like sixty or sixty one to nineteen sixty eight, I think is the latest. And there's fifty of them. And you find them as you re- essentially replay the story, but I don't have to replay the whole story. I can just like play certain things. And this is super fascinating to me. Like, normally when you do collectibles in games, you're like, eh, well, it's just this thing I collect. Like, last time I was railing against Hangar Games because in Mafia 1 they had the stupid foxes that I was finding. The foxes, <laughs> yeah. They're just you dumb foxes. foxes. Well, I was very critical of the foxes because at the time I didn't know that that was referencing their own fucking logo. I had no idea. It doesn't look like their logo. <laughs> it's just a dumb fox. It was a dumb fox statue. Well, now I'm 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 praising them for their collectible because these these images are the original images. So first off, they're Czechoslovakian. So I have no idea how they gain access to this catalog of like Playboy images going from, you know, I, I, you would imagine that would be behind some kind of license wall or something. But for some I reason, who, I don't know who published the original game, but that right. could probably be the answer. But but they were able to get a hold of these original vintage images that came from these Playboy magazines and bought them in bulk, and then they have them in the game. They digitized them into the game. Um, that totally would not fly these days as a collectible. I have a feeling, right? Because it's full nudity. Like they're not mm-hmm. now. Playboy magazine back then was different than Playboy magazine in the current Today. times. Actually, Playboy magazine now is back to where they were then because they. They're being run by Hefner's daughter, and she basically is like, "Now we're doing a magazine that's not all nude, like not even sure. like, even the, art, the articles uh, are good, right?" Well, no, they're focusing on they're becoming more of a more of a lifestyle lifestyle magazine than they they ever were. But back then, it wasn't like Penthouse or Hustler where they're showing like shots like right up the fucking you know <laughs> you know like. Yeah. Um, um, it was very tasteful but anyway the point is is why i like this collectible is it's brought me into checking the stories of these women dude it is fascinating i found a reddit that listed the names of all of them and now i'm going through and i'm actually looking up to see what happened to them in life Mm -hmm. and it's just like mrs felix comes into the room I have up on the screen, I'm paused. I have up on the screen the latest Playboy model pictorial that I'm looking at. You know, like, so her boobs are hanging out, and she's just on the screen. And Mrs. Felix comes in, and she goes, what What are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, like, (laughs) what are you doing? I'm like, it's really a collectible in the video game, I swear to God. And and, um, and Nothing, just playing video games. She's like, what? Playing video games, honey. What's going on with this? And I'm like, well... Like, and I start telling her the stories of some of the girls. Like, so one of the girls in there in the images, and remember when all these photos were taken, these girls were between the ages of like 20, 22, or whatever. They're all like around uh, my parents' age. They're, you know, so they're all like women in their 70s at this point. Um, so one of them was one of the women uh, who accused Bill Cosby of rape. So that's one of the oh, women shit. that's in here. One of the women, like, died by 1969 from a gunshot wound she killed herself 
Like Jesus Christ. These stories are like fascinating. I mean, if you think about like two of the entertainment careers that live the hardest lives, uh, it's any entertainment career that's associated with some kind of sex or whatever, and pro wrestlers. Like they they basically lead the hardest lives. Pro wrestlers because they're they're pushing the limits of their physique with um, with chemical alter drugs, you know, bad diets, like lots sure. of fucked up. Shit. Sure. Um, and then, you know, all the pressure, the psychological pressure that goes on playmates to be thinner or more attractive, augment their body pretty much the same way. Right. So the, if you look at the lives and the stories of pro wrestlers and playmates, like it's just, it's, you know, crazy how similar the path is. And it's also there, but they're both, you know, caught up in some kind of like narcotic or drug or alcohol abuse. Like there's all kinds of crazy stuff. They're being taken advantage of by the people. It's just especially during that time period. Yeah. Wrestlers are definitely taken advantage. Oh oh my God. It's like a sweatshop. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon runs a sweatshop. I I can't speak to the, I can't speak to the playboy industry, unfortunately. No, no, but I'm saying like, and I'm not saying that they weren't treated right, but they are held to a, extremely high psychological standard. You know well, especially I mean? the uh, people that are up and coming. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's probably and even true to this uh, day. Yeah. But back then when women had less respect or like people treated them, you know, it was, this was pre the 1970s women's movements and things like that. Like back then it was just like, they were treated like horrible trash, you know, like as much as Hugh Hefner wants to say that he was like respectful to all the girls. Like, yeah. Okay, bud. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever you buy, say fucking buy that i mean it was a machine it was like a meat grinder of sex that's what it was all about it was about you know mm. uh uh elevating yourself through with sex through you know, elevating your social status using your body using sex so like dangerous dangerous world to get caught up in um you can read books on this like you, you know i'm kind of uh partially obsessed with hollywood's history i'm I told you, I, I was listening to, you must remember this podcast and she's always talking and I did this like 13 parter about famous dead blondes. Right. And some, you know, in and out of that, the blondes that were in question, Marilyn Monroe and various other uh, blondes throughout history had run-ins with the playboy mansion and, you know, like, and so there's always kind of risque shit happening around that, like fucked up intrigues and all kinds of weird shit. But yeah, anyway, point is, is this is a fascinating collectible. That was my point in a video game. <laughs> Why am I not hearing trip? Thanks for bringing it back around, Felix. I'm sitting here yeah, like, well, yeah, good. Or 12 Why, I don't know Why was Felix go on this? this crazy tangent? But it's not a tangent if this is, this is a meta, like, it's, it's a meta research. It's, it's a tangent. It's it a, a tangent. tangent but, it's a tangent. But, <laughs> But it, it, but it is meta like, research. Yeah, I'm just glad we came back. Was, a, vi- a video game inspired me to meta research, like stuff beyond its borders, right, which right. I thought was really a lot of fun. Anyway, and I'm having fun. That is cool. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. PS5. It's a, it's a good point, though, man, that the games make you kind of like, sometimes depending on what's in the game or what it makes you think about, it makes you go on some really interesting uh, little tangents in your brain to learn something new or find out about, you know, some part of life. So. I have no commentary other than I bought the $120 version of Valhalla. Sorry. Cool. Did you play it? No. 
I won't be turning it okay. on for a while. I'm focused on Mafia. <laughs> so. so Ubisoft just has the money. They just, I gave them the money. Yeah, I said, fuck give them a lot take of money. money. Got said, it. The listeners want to hear money. about Valhalla from our biggest Assassin's Creed player, Felix. That's who, all. Who is Locke right now because he's playing it. And where's Locke? I don't, uh, do you see Locke? I don't see I don't Locke. see Locke. We need Felix. Yeah. So we need correspondent Felix on the field. Okay. Getting those Valhalla By next scoops. week, we I, will you, have, I will have played 20 or 30 minutes of fucking Valhalla. <laughs> Perfect. Can't wait to hear about it. Cool. <laughs> no, but I would, I honestly though, like I really do want you to like pop that into your new next gen console and see how it feels. Oh, just, like, let me just, t- just uh, for a minute. Okay. So here's a message that I got that kind of pissed me off. Okay. And I, okay. I'm fine with it. I go to install the game and I have a game drive, four terabytes, all that space. It's beautiful. It's not going to work. And the game said, you can only install this on your internal drive. Yep. yep. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Why? So, funny enough, PlayStation 5 has that same rule for PS5 optimized games. Because these games are designed to operate off of a solid state hard drive. Right. They're not designed to be, to be they, loading off of a spinning drive. Uh, would it be okay if I, was, uh, if I had a solid state external? Now, that's a good question as well. Now, the Series X itself has a slot in the back of it for an expansion card that, that is a solid-state expansion card that you can purchase from Microsoft. Oh, the PlayStation I'll, I'll probably 5 buy that then. lets you... Yeah, you ha- yeah you'd have to. It's on, it's on... I think it's online. You can find it. It's still um, a terabyte it's a to pricey. work with. It's a terabyte to work with. So right. It's going to be a while. When I, as soon as I get into like the PS5 nonsense, uh, I'll dive into the storage and all that stuff. But... Uh, the so the PlayStation Five version, you have to pop the slot. Like you can just stick the Xbox card in the back, and there's like a slot right for it. PS Five, you have to actually slide the panel off and like expose the inside, and you have to get a special. Per, yeah, I think it's like an M.2 propri- proprietary drive for the PlayStation Five. It and would make sense that it's M.2, yeah, for sure. And I don't think currently, according to the firmware of the PlayStation, the current form firmware as of recording this there's no supporting hard drives yet that are optimized to play ps5 games i think you can like stick a hard drive in there but i Mm -hmm. don't think they're optimized yet um Mm -hmm. as far as i'm aware um but coming they said coming soon you'll be able to buy sony recommended hard drives online pop into that slot and you'll expand your storage interesting which leads me to my initial impressions of the playstation 5 are you guys ready Ready. Let's do it. Um, awesome. So, Felix, you mentioned having one terabyte of storage to play with on your console that install games on. Yeah. Well, funny enough, on the box of the PS5 itself, it says 856 gigabytes. Oh, no, no. That, that's what it is. Yeah. On the Xbox, it's the same. To, yeah. to like a T. It doesn't say one terabyte. It says you have 800 and. 57 like gigabytes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i thought that was funny considering for mar- marketing purposes it does not look as sexy as like one terabyte regardless never do. Um, never do yeah so i spent the whole weekend with the ps5 and i dove down a deep rabbit hole um so the first thing i played on it was bloodborne i installed bloodborne on it um, actually it, it was a pr- pretty smooth process installing, a, I installed like a whole bunch of PS4 games on it and the, the two PS5 games that I, that I bought, um, Bloodborne, 
honestly runs really smooth. Sorry, uh, Trip. It looks like you're about to say I, something. Yeah, I, the, my question was, how does the game run? Because we know that Bloodborne is not a very well-optimized game and runs at a very, very poor frame rate. So did you have a better experience this time playing it on the PS5? Yes. You did. The, whole, the, the image quality was way smoother. It didn't like mm-hmm. up-res it or anything. Like, there's, It's not a remaster by any stretch of the imagination. Right, right, right. But performance-wise... I saw no dips. Um, I was okay. playing side by side with my buddy who was staying with me over the weekend. Uh, we completed. We we beat Bloodborne. We we finished the game, the uh, expansion, and the uh, the main story, like the mm-hmm. main campaign. Um, great game. Goddamn, that's a great game. And it, uh, honestly, like if the experience I had playing it on the PS5 was the de facto experience, it would have been all around like a like a perfect experience. But watching my friend play it next to me on my other ps4 setup that he was playing off of man it was loading slower it was because i had it running off the solid state drive the loading into in and out of areas was slower um there were certain dips that he experienced and i don't think i did experience like i did not notice any it, the game held st- had held steady at 30 frames a second like it did like there were no maybe i should have gone back to areas that i know have issues but i i didn't mm-hmm. we didn't end up doing that yeah um, i mean I, overall, like, it's, it that may sound like a uh, like a low target to hit but if people don't know bloodborne struggles with frame rate so holding a solid 30 is honestly a come up in terms of the frames you're experiencing in the game it's yeah a hundred percent um and it, it was a great game to finish and it actually yeah I, and i actually took some recordings uh directly off the playstation 5 like you because you can record your game your gameplay and actually right. it looks good like on my twitter you can go uh i beat the orphan of cost boss who is a fucking really hard dude to to fight and we beat him and you can actually see how smooth the game is most for the most part like in those clips okay. so check it out there um the next game i played was uh funny enough it was not astro boy but it was Sp- spider-man i put spider-man in um Yo, playing that game at 60 frames a second is like it's like it's like James Franco eating that pie in Spider-Man and just going, oh, this is so good. <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about. you know, you know, Spider-Man, what I'm talking about. I haven't thought of that in years, but yeah, it's a good Spider-Man reference. To talk Spider-Man about Spider-Man. He's just like, oh, so good. Yeah, I'm totally um, going to wait. Like, I won't play that game until I actually have the, the new console. Oh, for sure, and I and I honestly I will recommend it. Uh, and I actually got to I played it in both performance and fidelity mode because those are two those are options that you can pick in a lot of these games now. Yeah, um, which uh, which of those? What do they mean? Those two modes specifically. So performance mode holds you locked at a steady sixty frames a second. Mm-hmm. That's like straight up. Like you're not going below. You're not. You're you're just you're you're there. Um, at your what you're giving up is pretty much you're giving up ray tracing and a higher okay. fidelity visual experience but i switched to both i would switch to the fidelity mode and going from 60 to 30 frames was honestly not a better experience even though mm-hmm. the reflections on the ground and the, the sure. windows were all real time and everything like looked better but moving the camera you notice it like you notice yeah. the difference of yeah of, i like, think the vast majority of people would uh would opt to pick frames over graphical quality especially if you're playing on something kind of next generation like uh i mean honestly at this point you would only really see it on a uh, on a pc right but but now that everyone is kind of having this technology in their living rooms people are going to understand the difference in performance that it makes 
Oh, a hundred percent. Um, there are some cool things about the console itself too. Um, for example, uh, in settings, you can actually do a whole bunch of things like any ga- any PS5 game that you put in, you can actually tell tell the PS5 a global setting you want the games to like have. For example, okay. you can say, um, I want any game I put in to automatically turn on subtitles. Any game that oh, offers cool. the option. It is, yeah, it's awesome. Any game that offers the option of it's a performance versus fidelity mode. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, any game that offers both performance or fidelity, you can say, well, I'm going to prefer the performance mode instead of the fidelity mode. And the game will uh, honestly like and like if you're an inverted player, if you play games inverted like a monster, you can tell the console uh, <laughs> you can tell the console to automatically set your controls like that, like for any game you pop in. I thought that was a pretty cool like uh, feature. That's um, very cool. The UI itself is really cool. Uh, like it's very like streamlined and pretty when you like like hover over a game like the card like is full beautiful title card that you see music plays um my only complaint about the ui is a lot of things take a lot of button presses to get to to certain areas Mm -hmm. um that didn't before like it's it's harder for me to get to like my full trophy list although if you're in a game and you hit the playstation button instead of taking you home it'll open up like like um like a control panel and it'll show you the trophies that are actively that you're working on and the progress and the approximate time to complete each trophy, which is actually, it's a pretty cool experience. Not only that Felix, not only that you go to a trophy that it's like, you can, you can literally like in Spider-Man, for example, uh, there are like, you know, like the stealth combat challenges that are littered throughout the world. Well, they're back. Um, and if I wanted to go, oh, I want to do this stealth combat ch- or this stealth challenge, like right now, you're, there's a button on that trophy prompt or like that activity prompt that it'll teleport you directly right there instantly. Oh, like God. no loading screen, like the screen that. goes to black, comes back up and you're like, oh, wow, I'm already in the activity. Um, Dark Souls, uh, Demon Souls, I'm sorry, does the same thing for different areas. Like, oh, I don't want to be in this area anymore. Instead of going back to the whatever place i can like load another area and progress in this area like i can literally just like bounce around the game um you know it'd be amazing pretty cool feature for uh trophies that um that have a very specific thing that you can only do in a certain part of the game (laughs) where you you have to figure it out if that button worked for that (laughs) it's like you know oh by the way uh shoot yeah it's not for everything shoot shoot five guys in this corridor all at once and and get an instant kill or something and and i hit that button and i go right motherfucking to it i'm like i'll do that it it won't take you to certain things like that but it'll it'll show you in a card that's like this is how far progressed you are in this specific trophy and how far you need to go which is still pretty cool if you for a trophy hunter like yourself felix it's a pretty cool cool. feature to have yeah a glance what um PlayStation's always been superior in that regard, especially because up until this point, um, you know how there's always hidden trophies in games? Yeah. In PlayStation, you've always been able to go to hidden trophy and say, I don't care about the spoiler and just like look at what the hidden trophy is. Can you? I haven't. Yeah. Every game has the ability for you to reveal it to you to if reveal, you want to to reveal the hidden trophy yeah. it does. Wow, i did not but know you that dude. do not have the ability to do that on xbox and it fucking blows because i have to go out to a fucking website and then figure out what the hidden trophies are <laughs> i'm like fuck you, you. Sound, oh, for sure. you sound like you like that 
feature. No, I just sound like I'm, I've done it a hundred billion fucking times, and I'm tired of doing it. <laughs> right. Um, but overall, the one thing I do like a lot is uh, at one point during the PS4's life, uh, they really cluttered up the media area of the PlayStation 4. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you guys use that, but like I use my PS4 as a media player for the tv in my room mm-hmm. and at one point it was just the the media stuff that i had installed was in a was in a block right like it was just in that folder at some point playstation was like now nah, fuck all that we want to put every advertised media platform in a before we you even get to the things that you care about oh. and it, it made it tedious oh. and annoying to yeah. even like go i just want to watch youtube or twitch they put that all the way at the end in their slow loading ui and it was a pain well, that's gone now. Thank God. There's Walk- a games tab at the top. There's a media tab at the top. It only shows the media programs that I have installed. And I thank you. Thank you for that. It's beautiful. Um, so that, that I can give it mad praise for Now I'm, I'm trying to like ramp up to what I really want to talk about. And that's demon souls. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's right. Astrobot. You got to play Astrobot. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say the controller, but yeah, it's a good transition to go into there. What, I'm sorry. What did you say really quickly before? Um, well, just like you were saying with the controller, Astrobot is a great demonstration of the controller. That's like mm. pretty much what the game is. Um, now, Felix, when you get your hands on this, the controller's a year from now. Uh, triggers. Yeah, sh- yeah, a year from now, like next month. That's fine. Twenty twenty one January that year. Okay, you're gonna get it, man. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, um, the yeah. triggers. This controller is. By far the best controller. I know the Xbox Elite controller is like uh, like touted as like top tier controller, but the functionality of the DualSense controller is like crazy cool. It's just crazy cool. That's the, I, I don't know if it's the best way to describe it, but the triggers give you certain resistances against whatever you're pressing and whatever activity they have you do. The vibration the vibration is tuned to whatever is happening in the world. And there's a direct feedback to that in the triggers and they, in the vibration. Are they called the haptic triver- triggers? Is I their name? believe that is what they call them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's like a direct haptic feedback to That's whatever. Ha- like when you start up Astrobot, it goes, let's calibrate your controller. But they're not really doing that. They're just showing you how the controller's rumble moves throughout the controller That's really and cool. how the triggers respond as you're like hard, like pushing it down hard and softly. And the feedback that it gives you when you're doing that, it's it, what, what was your experience like, Trip? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I fired up Astrobot, um, and like you mentioned, it does take you through like a little tour of the uh, of the controller, and and yeah, I mean, the game itself is like a, a mini mini platformer uh, as they take you through a very cool like exploration of playstation's history so it's very very fun to play and they have just such a wide array of ways that you can i don't know the the things you do as these characters as you run around these worlds as astrobot um like he'll he'll sometimes be like a monkey climbing a wall or he'll like hop into a little capsule and can roll around uh like but, but as you hop in the capsule you have to like swipe up on the little touchpad to like zip the capsule up and then you have to like jam on the on the touchpad to like put your brakes on as you go down like a slippery icy hill like they really make your gameplay with the controller feel tactile which which is very very cool and the uh yeah. the vibration can flow from side to side and uh it just it's it's really really interesting unique tech and uh, astrobot was made to really have all that sensation 
be experienced by someone who's getting this this console and, and maybe is going well what what's next gen besides like the visuals and the power and stuff what else can this thing do and this is like the selling point to that controller well yeah just to, just to add on to what you were sorry felix just to add on to what you were saying trip that ball segment Mm-hmm. They have you rolling over different style terrains. Yes, and you and can like feel the, all that. Yeah, you can feel the feedback of like like when you're when it's like slightly more bumpy or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a moment where uh, where it's raining in a level, and then it started hailing in the later in the level, and the hail felt different than the rain and sounded different. Than, I mean, sound obviously is easy to do, but the hail felt different in my hands, and that was very cool. You know, I mean, is this like an, mm-hmm. an entire reason to buy a console? I don't think so. But it, it's if you're already buying this, it's like a really, really fun uh, way to mess around with it. And um, games in the future can absolutely take advantage of this. And it's a really good kind of uh, demo for what is possible if developers aren't really sure how to implement it for their game. For example, they could just play Astrobot and be like, oh, this is oh, let's put something like this in our new game coming out, you know. But yeah, Felix, go ahead. Um, uh, yeah, I was over here in a conversation, and I suspect that that's what he was talking about. But it was a, I overheard a guy who recently at work who recently got the PlayStation Five, and he was describing his experience uh, playing Call of Duty, and mm-hmm. he was saying that mm-hmm. uh, they put a lot of work into um, uh, giving you um, haptic feedback in the triggers for bullets being fired, so you can mm-hmm. actually like feel the. Uh, as you hold down the trigger and you're firing, you you can feel like the the bullets whizzing. You know, right. yeah. There's like out, a resistance out of your in the trigger yeah. as you pull it. Yeah. Apparently, and I I didn't get Call of Duty. I'm not playing. I'll, although maybe I should download Warzone and give it a shot. But uh, apparently, each they they put work into each gun, feeling slightly different with the feedback and the trigger pulls. Like they made it, they made they made like them tuned to the controller a little bit uniquely each for each yeah, gun. Yeah, like the. Like, pretty cool know, be pretty exciting in the future uh well okay provided if if it actually comes to uh playstation but like it would be interesting to play elder scroll 6 you know using the bow you know and you're mm-hmm. probably gonna have a bow in that game i'm sure you'll, or, or, you'll or, feel every weapon differently in, yeah, in a way or, or any really game any game with a bow you know yeah like to, to see mm-hmm. how it feels to fire a, a bow with that kind of like feedback so yeah that might be interesting. Absolutely. Um, well, this leads me to like the coolest thing the controller probably probably has that kind of blew my mind as I was playing it over the weekend. And I'm going to talk more about Demon Souls in a second because I thought I was going to fall in love with Miles Morales, which I am. It's a fantastic Spider-Man game. You like if you liked PS4 Spider-Man, you're going to love this game. Um, but Demon Souls, holy shit, it's on another level, man. This game coming fresh off Bloodborne, going back into another like the uh, like OG Souls game. Mm-hmm. My experience with the controller, I'm going to put that get that out of the way first. Uh, over the weekend, at one point, I teamed up with Puck, friend of the show. Um, and he, you in Demon Souls, you have the ability to like jump into each other's worlds, like you summon friends. And so what Puck did was he created a game party, like you partied up in 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 the game. And the mm-hmm. moment I entered the game chat, I didn't have anything else plugged into the, the PS4, uh, PS5. Puck's voice started coming from the controller. Like oh, he nice. Used his voice as a, as a like mic and speaker, because there's a built-in mic to the controller now. Mm-hmm. It, it's insane. And not only that, there is a mute button right below uh, the, the little speaker, and it lights up when you mute it. 
And not only that, not only does it mute the voice, your voice in game. If I hold the mute button, it actually mutes the entire console. Like it'll just like cut, cut. Oh, audio interesting. Out. Yeah, that's cool. Which is honestly more useful than you might think it is. And that honestly kind of blew my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a brilliant implementation for a controller to have. Like that is, that is, that was the clickbait trip that I was, that I was, that I was like kind of sneaking in there in the beginning of our, so you're, our you're chatting experience. You were using uh, a PlayStation party. Yeah. Yeah. I was, cause yeah, I was chilling on my couch and puck invited me to a party and boom, we, he was talking through my controller. Um, I would a not lot have, of other I would, things. Yeah. You would have, yeah, you would have probably just been wearing a headset and that no, no, been, no, that I'm not, been, I'm never going to have the experience of whatever that is because I'm never going to be using PlayStation chat ever. Sure. No, that makes sense. That makes I, sense. I, I was, I was it was very convenient to like, just do that. Um, another, another few things that they've improved on the controller, uh, the light bar that's on the back of the PS4 controller. What? No one's looking at the back of their controller when they're playing naturally. So what did they do to fix it? Well, they put different lighting zones around the touch bar. There are like at least three that I could, I could see and they all do something different. Like in, like in, um, demon souls, like it does directly feedback to whatever game you're, whatever game you're playing health, uh, feedback onto what's happening in the world or if you're you know swinging your sword um and trying to think what what else i mean i just thought that was a better impl- implementation of that light bar that is just ultimately a waste of battery on the ps4 because you're not right. really looking at it ever um but i'm going to talk about demon souls now because this game was the first time i was like shit this is a freaking next gen experience i gotta tell you this is probably one of the best looking games I have played, I want to say like since something, but probably since, I don't know, Last of Us 2. Like, like just you're saying like general, the look, the overall, just the visual aspect of the game is better than anything you played on PC, anything over the past couple years. This is it, is what you're saying. It's, it's crazy. And I know that's a, that's a crazy claim to make, but I would get stuck like staring at the way lighting is just bouncing like light light lighting's good right like it, it happens in every game like games games have lighting that's it's it's beautiful this game when light bounces off of fire onto like rocks that are on uneven surfaces it casts like individual shadows across every bump and ridge that's like across the 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 uh the texture and i i can't begin to describe how like it just looks really good like everything about the game just pops mm-hmm. and it's, it's just gorgeous. Like you hit your sword against the rocks, it sparks and the sparks reflect uh, like against your armor and like each light, like the lighting particles, like just, it just infects, it just, it just affects the environment. Right. You drop your summoning, your blue summoning stone. You see that lightning bounce off of everything around you in the area. The every, every place in every area is like, has this like its own beautiful, like set, piece of its environment like that mm-hmm. like makes it unique like misty areas swampy areas dark caves like man that was that is a game i want to like go through to see like how they remastered each and every area not to mention yeah. like this is a game i play like in 2009 and like it is crazy seeing like areas that i used to visit back in the day looking like this fucking good sure. like, well i mean the i think one of the weightiest things because it's, it's going to be hard to give visual examples to people 
Um, but I think what's important to keep in mind is that you up until this point have been, um, pretty much like part of the PC master race squad. Not that you've left that squad and you've, you've always been very, you know, strongly PlayStation. Um, but you would probably not even consider a console and a graphic race between, you know, itself and a, and a computer, uh, playing a similar type of game. And so I think that is important to keep in mind when people are, are trying to like, give your uh your comments some context you know yeah i mean it does help that this is probably my first 4k gaming experience as well because mm-hmm. i'm and like i'm also playing in performance mode i tried fidelity fidelity mode in demon souls it's right. way better with the 60 frames it still looks great with the 60 frames too like mm-hmm. it is smooth it is gorgeous and it's the great it's great gameplay like the game is I became more addicted playing Demon Souls, just trying to get past this fucking area and just like go pushing myself to like, okay, let me just farm some more experience out, get back in, uh, summon some more people. Let's see if I can get summoned into someone else's world. Like right. it became like, man, I thought, and I thought I would mainline Miles Morales, but Demon Souls really became like a, like an experience, like, like, like it had the, the, the carrot in front of me the whole time. Yeah, man. And Spider-Man's your thing too. So it really must've, uh, really must've made an impression. I'm still going to finish Spider-Man. I might even, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think everyone here knows how much, uh, how much you love that, uh, that franchise. So again, more context for your absolute adoration of this game graphically. And just, you know, from a next gen experience perspective. Now, who's to say in a bunch of years, the PC, PCs have the advantage of updating more regularly than consoles because sure. once sure. you release a console, that's the, that's the hardware you're kind of stuck with, mm-hmm. unless they come out with like a PS5 Pro or whatever. Right. But you're generally stuck with that hardware, right? PCs don't have that disadvantage. They have the advantage of there's new processors coming out every year. There's new hard like GPUs coming out every year. Like they work on a different level, so it's easy to be like, yeah, PCs are like the best looking thing to play. But for whatever reason, man, right now this 4K ps5 experience that like i've just like dove into has been like it's doing it for demon souls if you if you buy a ps5 and i do recommend playing demon souls like i know it's a really frustrating game to play like from a lot of people like it is a it is one of those like break your controller type games right Right. play it because it is it is the thing that made me go yeah this is we're in next gen baby like this is this is it Not to mention, I didn't even get into loading into areas like going from a cold boot to the game in like like me moving the controller and I'm in the game. It takes less than like 15 seconds, like boot the game up, hit X to start, hit continue game and I'm in. I want to go to another area. I it takes four, three or four seconds to load into an area. If I don't want to be there anymore, it takes four seconds to get back to the, the hub. It's yeah. crazy. It's, I mean, all, I've only heard mega impressive things about load times in these consoles. So good to hear your experiences are lining up with that. Now for the negative stuff. Mm, oh, there's a big old pile of shit. Yeah, now let's go. Let's have a tell, real tell me the garbage. You want to hear the inside <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that got to you listening. I'm glad that that perked you up. So I mean, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you, but like, you know, it's, it's a love fest and, and I had a great time with it. I didn't obviously get to dig around until I had a negative experience, but I like, uh, I don't like being negative for the sake of being negative, but I like critique and I like being critical and, uh, looking at areas of improvement and kind of like analyzing what's good and what's bad about an experience. So that's why I'm like 
let's go. This is what I really want to hear about. Trip, do you and think I, I, I like to be, be negative as, as possible? Do you think I like to be negative for the sake of being negative? No. No, he's talking about he's talking about I'm I'm negative for the sake of yeah. being negative. Oh no, I'm not I wasn't having any there was no one in my brain when I said that. It just uh there are people in the gaming space that do. Um and it's not just gaming, it's just it's a it's a a way of being Universal. you know. Yeah. yeah. I like to be negative when things don't make sense. <laughs> Dude, you know what? First of all, everyone's allowed to be negative if they want to be negative, but me personally, yeah. I like to have a reason for the negativity. Or I like the, the, between, critical, the critique. There's a difference between being critical and being just like a straight up dick. Of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like there's there's, there's definitely a difference. Yeah. I'll modify. I like to be negative until when things don't make sense until somebody gives me more context and I understand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it. all yeah. right so let me start um my experience with demon souls has been great it's a fun game everything works perfect except when i was partying up with puck at a certain point mm-hmm. he has a friend apparently he lives within the area of puck right like he's a neighbor mm-hmm. of puck or whatever um he puck it was easily able to join my game but this for whatever reason summoning failed every time we tried to bring his other friend in and it, okay. it did that for a while until it did decide to work like there was no rhyme or reason for when why it started working again hmm. my solo place playthroughs i was trying to find ways to summon people into my game now the game specifically has a mechanic where if you are you, you have a human you're, you have a human form and then if you die you become like you're like a soul you're like in a soul form yeah. until you beat a boss or you use an item to make yourself human again, and then you can like kind of progress the game more. Right. When you're when you're in human form, you can summon uh, allies. When you're a soul, you can drop your stone and go into other humans' games. That's like just the mechanic of the game. Sure. So I found when I was a dead dude trying to party out with people, mm-hmm. I drop my stone. I get summoned pretty easily. People pull me into their game, and I'm I'm uh, like we're we're off to the races. When I'm a human, for whatever reason, stones either don't show up as, as often. And when they did show up for a long stretch of time, it would be summoning failed, summoning failed. Mm. Uh, another stone would show up, summoning failed. Like the multiplayer at one point, I was in a boss fight. Like we were, I, it took, I don't know, hours to get into this fight. Right. And then I got into the fight. The fight started a quarter of the way through it. I got booted from the game, like just straight up connection failed yeah not great that was but that's not related to the playstation no i'm getting there don't worry oh oh, it is because there are well maybe it is maybe that is just the specifically the game related but in other instances i had a few times where my where games would crash like just straight up the desk like straight up to the dashboard Mm -hmm. uh there were a few times where i was like like even like with puck like it was like he we had like let's let's reboot our ps5s like Let's like these th- some of the sometimes like I was playing Spider-Man game would just crash lock up or just like not work like yeah I'm going to chalk that up to it being early still and stuff that they could probably patch with patch with like a with patches mm-hmm. um, but there were just a bunch of moments where like shit wouldn't load they have an explore page of like new stuff sometimes that wouldn't load but like it's weekend number one there's probably a million people hammering this thing. Or, you know, lucky people who got the console, sorry. Yeah, I, right. I don't you know. have any, uh, on Xbox, I don't have any, I'm only playing older games, so I haven't played the Valhalla. 
but all of my yeah. games have been running better than they've ever run before. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, specifically Fallout 76. <laughs> That's by far <laughs> the most su- superior difference. Like, mm-hmm. I right. can't believe how well that game runs. Like, it runs like a fucking dream. It's like, it's not even real. I'm in I a dream. Wake me the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, the, the game's performance specifically weren't my wasn't my issue. It was like the stability of the console, like right. just moments where it would just like cut out, or there were a few moments in the beginning where I had a hard time achieving like like staying like the HDMI connection to my TV. Like sometimes it would just like cut out when I turned it on one day, and I would have to like unplug it and do that thing where you hold the power button and boot up into like the safe mode menu, and like I had to do that. Like oh, you had to do it on the new the console? console. Yeah, hmm, yeah, that's bad. It was weird. Yeah, that's a little weird. Keep um, an eye on that. I haven't. Yeah, I mean, like apparently before we went live, there was a a new patch for the console that okay. dropped today. Stability improvement, that that usual yada yada stuff. So, um, I'm just talking about specifically my experience, right? Like that's like my weekend experience with it. But yeah, I haven't um, heard uh, any feedback from other people that they've been getting that kind of shit. So sure, not like, um, some yeah. people. On, I've seen some people online like talk about it a little bit, but it's probably like fairly fairly minimal. And it didn't like ruin my whole experience. Like I'm like literally, I saved it for last because like I was like, this is like such a minuscule thing to mm-hmm. be upset about over my whole experience because my overall whole experience was awesome. Like Spider Man and Demon Souls were like fucking awesome experiences in 4K 60 frames a second. Like yeah, dude do it fucking play that shit if you can like absolutely i i did um, a little bit of a spider-man running around um it was incredible good. man it feels really good it feels like the city is incredible there was uh like the experience of playing is, is kind of wild because there was no no lag no frames no frame issues just the entire city of new york and and miles morales and me zipping around um so yeah, that was cool. I didn't play much. Uh, I was really watching my brother play that more because um, I had not played the PS4 Spider-Man uh, before this. So I didn't really have like the web slinging cadence down. Um, you can't really ever mess it up, but you can really be efficient with it. And I was really just watching him zoom around the city and having a great time uh, as he was doing that. But yeah, it's it feels great. It's visually amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Next gen. I, d- I did... I did play a bunch of I installed a bunch of PS4 games on the PS5 as well. Mm-hmm. Aside from like those three main titles, um, and Bloodborne, um, I played uh, Last Light, uh, Infamous Last Light, uh, which is an expansion from the Infamous Second Son game. Long time. Um, it's an old game at this point, and damn, well, that's, gave, that shit looks good. They give you a lot of games, right? Like if you have PlayStation Plus, shit, you have just a a million game well you know not a million but like they gave you some pretty incredible games that you can just play i think like god of war is there i think last of us uh, remastered is there um persona 5 persona 5 like like is is over 100 hours yeah days gone i mean you you can just buy this game and play some incredible incredible additions to playstation's library if you have not had a chance it's a good way of filling out your like library right from the get go. Like since mm-hmm. there are only like a handful of PS five games available. Um, yeah, I install, I installed God of war. Um, I installed uh, ghost of Tsushima, which I do need to get more of. Um, I need to get into more of because now I can actually experience performance mode in that game. 
or fidelity mode in that game, which I didn't get to before. Um, so I'd love to play more of that multiplayer or just fuck around in the world again. Um, cause I love that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of what else, what other games I installed. Oh yeah. They dude, the last guardian, um, was also on there, which I don't know if that was a great, a great experience from what I heard. Um, try to see what else they, they gave away. Fallout four Detroit become human. Um, Arkham Knight, Black Ops Three Zombies. Like, there's there's like a bunch of games you can play like right from the get go. They're um, all they're incredible. They are. I'm trying to think of what else I've I've played on on the uh, the PS5, but mostly it was spent with Demon Souls and Spider Man and Astro Bot's Playroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to tell you, it's good. It's a good console. It, oh, oh, other than those hiccups that I've experienced. I'm excited to see what else they can do. I'm hoping they do the Xbox Series X feature with the quick switcher, the quick resume. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a there is a switcher, like a quick switcher in the in the system. But if when you switch, like it brings up like your recently played games, your recently used media right. like uh, apps, but it cold boots it every time. Like so, you're if you're switching games, it's just going to title screen you and then bring you back to the menu. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say about the console other than no. I mean, I think it's 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 been a good hands-on experience. Um, we got to get some uh, Xbox talk from Felix going we forward. You you, yeah, wait, wait, you guys just want me to fucking play Valhalla, and I'll play Valhalla, <laughs> and it'll be great, and I'll talk about it. You know, you can say something like, "I have to do this for my job." Whoever may be judging me for doing this, like you can just make that <laughs> excuse and then go to town on playing your next-gen console, dude. You know. Okay. We want you to play your next gen console. Let, let me tell you what I did do, and you guys are gonna hate me for this, but I'm doing no it. No God. Okay. I'm telling you. Okay. I bought every Assassin's Creed game on the Xbox. <laughs> I bought I actually don't own hate that. I, I own all that. I own all these I, games. I do all, own all these games. But you but wanted but, them on But I own them all in dispersed places. Okay. And you can play them all right now but, on Xbox. As a great Series example. X? As a great as a great example, uh Assassin's Creed black flag four. Oh, I, I, love I only flag have flag. that on the 360, which is down below. Right. So I looked and saw through game pass that for 50 bucks, $50 dudes with game. Mm-hmm. Pass, I was able to buy the legendary collection, <laughs> which is every Assassin's Creed game, starting with four on. Okay. So I bought four, rogue unity uh origins uh, there's that's, one in the middle that's a real solid price for all Syn- that syndicate and odyssey all base game no extra shit for 50 yeah. bucks and that was a deal that was fucking amazing that's a, a good deal, deal. obviously yeah. I spent 120 on valhalla and then to get assassin's creed 3 remaster because i already had the Ezio collection and then of course on from Xbox 360 uh, bringing forward, I got Assassin's Creed, the original Assassin's Creed, and Ezio collection. And then to get three, with three in Liberation, which were the only two that I was missing, I paid $40 for the DLC in, in uh, Odyssey, which got me three, which came with that. Mm-hmm. So the remaster of Liberation and three came with the Odyssey uh, Trail Pass or Season Pass or whatever. Very cool. So that's how I was able to get those two games for 40 bucks. That means they're 20 a piece. So yeah, so for the whole 
Assassin's Creed collection. This is crazy to me. For the whole Assassin's Creed collection to be able to be played on my new console, this new beautiful console, including the new mm-hmm. one, Valhalla, uh, I spent, what, 120, 170, uh, yeah, to 210. That's what I I, I spent. <laughs> I mean, that price sounds great, but people got to remember, if they don't, that you paid... You know, you paid for whatever mega, super, ultra, trillion dollar collection for uh, for Valhalla. You could get all those games for so much less and have yeah, just yeah. a lot. Of, I mean, you probably get tired of Assassin's Creed at that point, but you could play it forever. I, really. I never get tired of Assassin's would, would Creed. Would Felix get tired of Assassin's Creed? I, no, but, but I have the, gen- the, the royal you out there might get tired of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, whether I'm whether I'm going to go through and do them all over again, I don't know if I'm going to do that. And I haven't figured out, I have not figured out if I want to finish Odyssey first before I fully dig into Valhalla because, yeah. and I have, I have finished the story of Odyssey. That's done. Mm-hmm. I did 100% trophies as well, but I still, still have the two, two DLC sections left of Odyssey right. that I haven't completed. Um, from the from the final DLC, not from yeah. The, I, I finished the Legacy of the First Blade, but I I haven't finished the the one that takes place in the got with the gods and the pantheons and all that shit. Got so it. I don't know if I want to just wait and do it, do that or I mean for, for next week I will play Valhalla so I can have some commentary for you guys. But cool, cool, excited for it. But yeah, that's what I did. So very cool, man. Nice. Well then. Let's move on to the final topic of tonight's. Let's do it, man. We had a little bit of an um, announcement today. We did. Uh, the Game Award nominees are here. And I figured we could do a little predictions of our own. I'm not, we're not going to do every category because there's like a lot of categories that we're probably there are, not yeah. Where's the link for that? that Sorry, did, you, did you put that in? It's in show prep I chat? did. I put it in our oh, show prep chat. Yeah. Got it. Um, so I figured we just go down the tweet list. And just see what we think. Where where is our head at for game of the year at this point in time? Are we starting Let's with game start, of the year? Do you want to do you want to do you want to like make that like the final boom? Yeah, like yeah, yeah final, absolutely. That's how they're going to do it for the uh, for the award show. You know, cool. It's got to be All backwards. Right. Um, I'm, I'm on their website. And I'm looking from the bottom uh, bottom up. I don't think we need to yeah, go into um, like esports team no. in general specifically. No, or uh, like racing no games. Offense. Like we don't. Yeah, we no offense out there if people are listening when they're uh, if they are fans of esports teams or they know a lot more about esports teams than we do. Maybe in the future we'll have a correspondent specifically for the esports world. But uh, I don't think any of us are really super into esports or the games that are that are played by the teams that are up for best uh, esports. But uh, you know, we'll get educated and and let you know. Just right now, there's yeah, uh, at least for myself, there's no knowledge about who would be a good contender in that group. Right. Like, like, I don't, I mean, like we're, we're not, I don't think we should like try and guess at things that we just don't have that yeah. feel for, you know what I mean? So. I thought, uh, G2, which is one of the nominees of, you know, best esports team. I thought G2 was G1 and I got excited for a second. G1 is the esports group, uh, founded by Kenny Vaccaro of the uh, Tennessee Titans, the football player who also is like a massive gamer and streamer and destiny player. And, uh, he made his own like essentially competitive, uh, esports team, when uh, when some other you know destiny based esports teams were kind of uh, going down the drain and it's kind of cool and I was like oh shit dude they're getting recognized but uh, no G two is is a very very different team than G one 
So that's the best that I got. That's yeah. the closest I come to the esports team knowledge. Well, how about we start with this one? Let's let's do let's start with best multiplayer game. We got Animal Crossing, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys, Valorant. Oh, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, going back up here. That's that's honestly, dude. With with how much quarantine has affected the year, and how much people are playing multiplayer games, and and uh, the effect these games all have had on like communal gaming, it's a really tough decision, man. It's a I mean, really really tough me, decision. It, it it is. It honestly is. And the, there's three standouts I, for me. I have I have an answer, but it's tough. The standouts for for me personally are. Animal Crossing, Among Us, and Fall Guys. I think because though yeah, I sadly think Valorant and uh, and Call of Duty Warzone uh, are what? in a very very no 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 not the best. I'm saying I I feel bad oh. for those two being in this category in this year because of just like mm-hmm. the social of, like event of all of those themes. You know because those are the three that I have uh, kind of in my mind is the best. I have I do have a best option out of those, but like I agree with you, those are the most impactful on the list. By what do far. they even mean uh, by best multiplayer? They're just saying a game where multiple people are playing. So it says yeah. for outstanding yeah. online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. So it's just based on the multiplayer merit. I mean that just seems kind of like a trap. I don't know. Like in what way? Well, because best multiplayer isn't competitive multiplayer like or specifically cooperative multiplayer yeah it's there because there are categories for that especially like in the esports realm Mm -hmm. um i mean these are just games that people play together regardless of competitive nature just like if you're on a game with your friends you know these are the games that i mean and to be honest every one of these games is the most people have played together this year Mm-hmm. So it's I think I mean, it's, it's it's a pretty wide like you're right Felix the definition is very very broad um but these games to me all do define this year's multiplayer gaming uh culture really I mean Animal Crossing alone has sold more copies than it's 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 one of the best selling games this year yeah, thanks, coronavirus. It is, it's uh, it came out right at the beginning and it it sold gangbusters Mm-hmm. Um, Among Us, it, it came out. Uh, that game came out like two years ago, and it exploded this year. Yep, thanks to some streamers. Um, and Fall Guys just became an overnight sensation thanks to their social media and the sheer funny zany nature of it. Um, I'm I play a lot of Warzone and Valorant this year, but to me, those guys are just they're just more multiplayer games that are just popular multiplayer games, right? Um. Valorant had its moment in the sun for a while, but I, for me personally, it, it's hard. It's hard to stick with that game because of the skill ceiling of it. Sure. And Warzone's just still fun to play. Like I still play that currently. Like, but it's those three other games are like the games. I, I'm probably going to go with Animal Crossing on this one. I, I think that okay. is probably the one I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. I because, I have a different answer, yeah. but I'll let you give reasoning if you want to. I just think it it just had right crazy answer, impact. You know, like, like your- Gary Gary Witta made a talk show surrounding this game. Like he, he made did. like a like, and, and had like crazy streamers and famous yeah, people did. on it. Like yeah. Um, 
Fall Guys could be up there, but like I don't I don't see it. It it didn't really like have those legs that like really carried it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's had it had a lot of good moments, like a lot of good social moments. Um, and Among Us just became an overnight hit of a multiplayer game that anybody can play. The accessibility level of Among Us is amazing because anyone with a thumb can play it. Like it's on multi- it's on your phone, it's on right. a computer, um, and it's just a fun time with friends. But okay. uh, Animal Crossing is 100% it for me. Got it. Cool. Um, Could do it. What's if yours? we're going with predictions, uh, I am going with uh, uh, Among Us by a mile. My mm. literal mile. Uh, I have friends that, uh, that don't play video games. Now, they're not four into the world. Like maybe like, uh, maybe like my one friend, she's played Ocarina of Time and she loves, you know, the random Zelda game, but probably wouldn't uh, classify herself as a gamer, right? She wouldn't identify anywhere near that genre of people. Her and her friends are playing Among Us. Like this game is hitting so many different genres and groups of people that I don't think uh, any other game on the list can match its cultural significance um, this year. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. It's tough, dude, because all of those it's games tough. have done amazing things, especially with the quarantine situation. Right? You're not wrong about about Animal Crossing and like like you know literally a talk show in the game. You know, using the game, it's wild. It really, really is. But I haven't seen the uh, the cross generational cross interest of of gamers and non gamers and just just people, just people having fun with games that I have with uh with Among Us. It's wild. It's uh, honestly, it's a, it's a great guess. And I, I would not be surprised if it won. Like, mm-hmm. 100%. Felix, do you, have a, do you have a guess in these category of games? I don't really have a shoe in this fight. Because I fucking don't really care. I don't play a lot of... Like, <laughs> I don't play a lot of competitive <laughs> multiplayer. Fallout 76 isn't on the list, so, you know. Well, Fallout 76 wouldn't count because it's not from this year, so that's why I wouldn't count ne- Among Neither Us. is Among I Us. I don't know why Among Us is on the list. <laughs> it's confusing. The one that I, I know it's, that it's, I heard it's nothing weird. nothing but conversation from consistently all through quarantine and or whenever it came out um, is the Fall Guys game. Like people just kept talking mm. about that streamer. Fall Guys was I mean, like people yeah, were, those and, three but, specifically have the merit of non-gamers playing those games because, like, you know, they heard how fun it was. The, the, the biggest problem with Call of Duty and Valorant um, is I don't uh, the just I mean, I have no like real state. I have no knowledge on whether this is true or not, but I don't know mm-hmm. how much of a of a counter play. Like when it comes to multiplayer or competitive multiplayer or anything, I don't know how much a, a counterplay is incorporated in in those types of games. You know, they're usually the games in the world that cater to the most troll behavior. That those types of shooters, I, I you know, like where people can e- exploit other people and like there is no like oh and that that happens right in that game and, th- and there's no real counter to that right. So someone doesn't have a counterplay. Games like Fall Guys and Among Us. Well, Among Us is more like solving a mystery, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you, it's, yeah. Like, it's like live action Clue almost. Yeah, like, I think the um, like the streaming culture around Among Us has also, you know, it's changed how people stream. Right. Among Us streams are different than even Fallout or not Fallout. Uh, Fall Guys streams like Fall Fall Guys was again a massive cultural uh, game this year. 
but that is still people playing a video game and then you laugh in the moments in the video game but, but people were watching among us because of like the social dynamic of right. among us and the way you had to like get in people's brains while playing it and look aoc got a group together and played among us dr right. lupo played among us with with aoc it just it's it's an insane. I don't know, I don't know how you beat that for game for multiplayer game of the year. My point is, you, you might ha- you might make me change my mind right now, man. Well, trip. It really <laughs> depends. If, trip. It really depends on how this like gaming establishment is defining multiplayer. Because mm-hmm. yeah, sure, there's multiple fucking players in Call of Duty, and there's multiple fucking players in Valorant, but they're not playing with each other. Like they're not creating community. Like right. they're right. they're trying to win. They're trying to defeat. They're trying to mm-hmm. smash something else. And that's all they're trying to do. Right, but, right. but but around games like Fall Guys and Among Us and even Animal Crossing, what you have is a sense of community created around a game. Mm-hmm. And if you mean multiplayer in the sense that a community has sprung up overnight around your game, then it's either going to be Fall Guys, Among Us, or fucking Animal Crossing. But those other two games make no sense. They're like fucking eyesores in that list to me. <laughs> I mean, uh, like I get why they're here, but, um, cause they have I agree with you players, in general that it's, it. that it's unfortunate that they came out this year in this category because right. this, this has just yeah. been like a breakout year for so many, uh, online virtual experiences. And three out of these five games, uh, broke through so many virtual barriers with people being at home. So, like, like, like they need a category called best gladiatorial experience. <laughs> I mean, and, and then those, sure ga- those two games could win. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, hold on. we're gonna go, we're gonna move on to the next the next. Yeah, we're gonna move now. on to the next one. I we're just spending look a back. lot of time. Sorry. Uh, and look I, at, I am going to skip. I'm skipping sports and racing. Felix, and just, I'm going to skip as he's going to the next category here. Both of those games, Felix, those two, Valorant and Call yeah. of Duty Modern Warfare, they are in the best esports category where they have a much better chance yeah. at claiming mm-hmm. a victory. Which and is, I'm not disputing their inclusion I in that category. Valorant, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're not going to, I don't know if we're going to pick out best esports game, but I do think Valorant will probably win. It should. That. Yeah. Just as a competitive esports game. Right. Prob- probably. But I, e- I would say. you say esports, I say gladiatorial competition. Got it. But next <laughs> next topic, let's go to best family game. Which let's one let's be quick about this best family. Yeah. Let's be quick best about family? this one because we do have yeah. You know, there's, there's kind of a bunch of categories here. Shit ton. I could so easily. We'll, yeah, we'll rip through and uh, kind of put some guesses out here. All right, I'm just going to list them. Animal Crossing, Crash Bandicoot 4, Fall Guys, Mario Kart Live, Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons, and Paper Mario. Oh, Easily, I'm going to create Dungeons. Oh, well, that's why I don't think it's going to win. I think it's going to be Animal Crossing. I know I'm voting twice for it, but that's anything's possible. Best family game. Kids um, of all ages are playing this thing with their fa- with their fathers and their, their mothers and entire families have islands. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree. I agree with yeah, Animal yeah. Crossing out of this list. 100%, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just one of those games that brings people together. Yeah. I'm going to skip best fighting game because I don't think any of us have even, besides Mortal Kombat. Which he looks I low. Say he looks Mortal Kombat. Well, if it's on there, uh, then, it, other... then, it, then it wins. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Sold. All right, here we go. Best role playing game. 
um, Final Fantasy Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royale, Wasteland 3, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I don't think I, a lot of us really played a lot of these. What was it for? Um, game direction? Role-playing. Role-playing? RPG. Like, classic RPG. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, guess, look, I'm looking at the list. I don't know. I guess... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know what I mean I when I say classic I, RPG. Didn't play I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to say Genshin Impact because of how wide-reaching that was. And I know I'm overlooking Final Fantasy VII Remake, but that is completely on purpose because that is also in the Game of the Year category. Genshin Impact made it onto my phone, so let's just say it wins. (laughs) I'm going with the fanboy choice here of Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I, I am doing that trying to put it through an objective filter in my brain. And... Mm -hmm. I don't think it's Yakuza. Uh, yeah, or Wasteland. I, I don't think it's Wasteland. Persona Five. I don't think it is either because I. It's like like. Sure, it's Persona Five Royal, but it's not different than Persona Five. That much, you know. There's new characters, some new things to do. It's like DLC woven into an old game. I don't mm-hmm. think that that is going to be considered for the best role playing game of the year. Um, I think people for this category are going to vote for Final Fantasy 7 as a complete experience versus Genshin Impact's uh, we don't know what else is coming from this game yet. A lot of people are playing it, but it's just kind of there. And it's already had a massive drop-off with less things to do Mm -hmm. after launch. So that's... That's fair. I went through the (laughs) fanboy choice. I went through the filter. Uh, That's my thinking behind that. All right. Feel best action adventure. Ooh, I gotta find Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star oh, Wars Jedi is, Fallen Order. This is a tough and Last of Us category. Part Two. This is a tough category, man. How does it, it, it how does tough. Last of Us Part Two not sweep all of these? It might. It might honestly. Um I'm I love just, seeing Jedi Fallen Order on there though. That's I funny. do I like seeing it. I think it's I think it's like a nod more than like this is gonna win, but it's nice seeing it there. Because well, sci-fi games out of, traditionally it was out of the game. running last year because of its release date, which is why yeah. yeah. Um Will of the Wisps is kind of an interesting one on there. It doesn't fit with the rest of the games on there almost. Kind of weird. But Man, between for me, it's between like Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us. Why I can't find this one. I can't find this category. I don't know where it is. Uh, I'm on the. We're on the website now. Here, I'll, oh, I'm gonna. Fuck. I'm gonna link it to you. I'm sorry. No, I'm just on the Twitter going through those like fucking. Uh, oh, like the thread replies. Oh, yeah, man. sorry, I, I didn't know where to. Yeah, I, I put it in our prep chat. I found. Yeah, I found you know, I'll drop it. Yeah, we put it in the chat, too, if you guys want to follow along here who are watching. Remember, people listening at home, twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer, Wednesday nights around 8 p.m. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we're going to the website, Phil, because I'm just going from bottom uh, to the top. Scrolling bottom up. to the top? Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm yeah, going to go I, with, with Tsushima on this one. You are? Okay. Mm-hmm. I Dude, I think it's 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 going to be one of those two easily. It's going to be tough. It's It's really tough. And I haven't played Ghosts, but I've watched a lot of Ghosts. Um, and that I think that game has done a lot for action adventure more so than the other games on this list besides Last of Us Part 2 I just think it's like 51-49 in my opinion Last of Us Part 2 to Ghosts but it's we'll one, see. Of those, one of those like major 
crushing tiebreakers. Dude, fucking Valhalla came out like fucking minutes ago. I know. Yeah. Came out seven days ago, right? Or less than that. No. When did it come out? Apparently, it came out within within a good enough date for the cutoff. Didn't I didn't have a chance to play it. It don't win. Fuck that motherfucker. Don't win. (laughs) Best action game. Are you ready for this one? Doom Eternal, Hades, Half Life, Alex, Neo Two, Streets of Rage Four. This is an easy Hades. one for me. Hades, you think Hades is going to take going it? It might for this one. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with Half Life, Alex for this one. Literally, the only one I played was Streets of Rage Four. <laughs> Half Life, Alex won't win. It's too niche. It, I know it is, and that's a, that's a shame. And it's like one of the only. It is such a good game, you guys. Like yeah. it is amazing. I know. But you're right. You're you, right. You had a great, you had a great review of it, and uh, yeah, I've watched a lot of it. But yeah, sadly, it's too niche for for a, a category as broad as action. Hmm. Um. But in the best AR VR category, it, I think that's going to take it. it. It'll definitely take it there. Um. Dreams, Half Life, Alex, Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, which I'm hearing amazing things. Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Easily, I think Half Life Alex might take this. I talked to Menti. He said Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is like hands down one of his favorite good. games of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen lots of high praise for that game as well. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars Squadrons is apparently a great VR experience. Um, now, you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Best community support Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. I'm glad they have a category for that. One. Yeah. It's yeah, cool it's a good category a, too. Yeah, it's a good category. Um, man, between Fall Guys, No Man's Sky, and Destiny Two, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, uh, man, I'm definitely picking Fallout seventy six for that one. Um, yeah, it's not even on it. <laughs> I, know. I, know, I know Pete Hines personally responds to you, but I don't think I'm sorry, man. He does. Did you notice? Have you been noticing that? How often he responds? Yeah, to me? dude. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, "Hey, what's up, Felix? Uh, something wrong with uh, Fallout? What's what's wrong?" He's like, you're like, you're like, I just want loadouts, dude. I just. He, and he's like, "Yeah, man, me too. I really, I really want." No, that was that was an older Fallout comment. Everything. He responded to know, me recently, but I was like, "Hey, Pete Hines." I was, I was like, "Can you rate, weigh in on this?" I already had Jeff Gardner had a fucking. Oh my god! Oh, it was because I wanted to know when they got if they got pushed back. That's what it was, right? And Jeff Gardner, the head right. of like the the team or whatever, was like, "Yeah, they got pushed back to 2021." And and then and then you want to weigh in, uh, Pete Hines? And then he waited as well. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna straight up say no man's sky and move on because we got a little, few more categories I want to go through. What do you think? I'm gonna say Destiny too. That's that's obviously a homer pick. Um, I don't know, unfortunately, too much about the other games' uh, update and communication cadences, except No Man's Sky. But I, but Sean Murray's Fall very guys, like secretive, so I don't know if it would if it would win. Fall Guys had a very big social presence this year. Just their social media was on point. Like they were very yeah. interactive with the community. Yeah, yeah, they were good at like memeing about themselves. But I don't know about like the like tackling issues that are affecting a large community personally mm-hmm. i don't have that knowledge so i don't know good point did Let's you see the, the uh, like the bones of the of the fall guy <laughs> picture yeah man, that was <laughs> oh that was scary as shit 
nightmare inducing. Yeah. Um, best ongoing game: Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Warzone, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. I'm I'm gonna just give this to Destiny Two because they've they've literally been well, out why there. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Been, yeah, Warzone yeah, I mean, had so many problems. Apex Legends had dips. Fortnite, whatever, man. They're just gonna keep releasing things until until they. The sun yeah, I feel out. like Fortnite isn't innovating much. They're just kind of putting the same shit out there. They're like, they're like, oh, we have Marvel now. Oh, look, we're just throwing other properties into our game. Like, I don't know. Right. It's just cool. Well, Fortnite might like they could take it because they really kind of push the envelope in terms of like social experiences, which I don't think you can discount that. Um, yeah. No Man's Sky has had an amazing like rags to riches story and only is on an upward trajectory. So that's like that could literally like meet the trajectory of best ongoing game. You know, it literally keeps getting better and better and, and yeah. becoming you know more feature rich. And now it's on game pass and it just, it's incredible. Um, but I think totally. destiny two with its history and the way it's iterating and the way that it keeps adding and changing gameplay experiences uh, for good and for bad, just this, then the way the community is tied into it. I think it's, Ooh, Oh, I don't know, man. It's a tough one. It's so tough. I'm going to vote for Destiny 2, obviously. But I think I think it'd be Fortnite, Destiny 2, No Man's Sky if I had to do 1, 2, 3. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could you be Destiny 2, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. It's tough. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's Fallout 76. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, ready for best performance? <laughs> this is a tough category. Um, Ashley Johnson is Ellie. Laura Bailey as Abby. Oh. Uh, Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai. Ghost uh, of Tsushima. Logan Cunningham as Hades and Hades. Najid Jeter as Mor- Miles Morales in Spider-Man. Abby. Abby. I'm going to go with Abby. 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 Wow. She takes I it. Think- no, she's, she's definitely going to win, right? Like she's, She did a great job. She crushed that shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they both did amazing as the as the protagonists of um, Last of Us Part Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I don't know. And spoilers here. Spoilers here. If you have not played Last of Us Part Two, so uh, skip ahead like thirty seconds. Um, but yeah, the emotional range that that Laura Bailey goes through as Abby, and the way Abby's story shifts, and your perspective of Abby shifts because of her performance. Uh, I think you can't discount that where I think uh, Ellie was kind of one dimensional yeah. in the game and was played that way. Totally. 100% agreed. 100%. You're, you nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, best audio design. I love this category. Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, Last of Us Part 2. It, for me, it's a tie between Half-Life Alex and Last of Us Part 2. The audio design in Half-Life Alex is awesome. Only because it, it it does elevate the game while you're in VR. Like the audio like three-dimensional audio. Yeah, I mean, and it, it really did elevate the experience because you're you you feel immersed with all the audio cues and all the designs that happen in the game. Um Last of Us Part 2 also had really good sound design. Like yeah. every everything that you hear in the game like the crunching the uh, uh, like like whatever they they tweeted out like a video 
or was it a video and a Twitter thread? It was kind of like a combination of both uh, going through their design process for like how the game decides to integrate sounds together and like, you know, breathing pace and all that kind of stuff all yes. bundled up into one. So, it's, okay. I changed my mind. It's definitely last of us part two. That would be my vote. Because yeah, you're right. It, there was there was that Twitter thread where they where they described like how the game decides how hard the characters breathe and the sounds mm-hmm. like, that they make. Yeah, uh, yeah, easy, easy peasy. All right. Oh, I love this category too. Best score and music: Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy Remake, Hades, Ori, Last of Us Part Two. God, this is so easy, and I know which is, which trip is going to pick too. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to go first? <laughs> it's Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? Like, how is it Final not? Fantasy VII Remake! How is it not, dude? Like, people hum the original songs to this day, and the way they took those songs and made them new and familiar in so many different ways, uh, both in the soundtrack alone that you hear in the primary story, but also, like, the fun remixes you can find in the jukeboxes. It's just... It, I, don't, I don't think you come close to that with any other game you don't you don't and and it and it was so well done too implemented yeah. in the best ways like the audio like there's just like the mute the score like yeah it's i i don't it, think you come close to that i don't think i don't think you come anywhere close to that and ori has a beautiful soundtrack by the way just saying ori I mean, is so does last of us part two it's just, and it's incredibly minimal and and emotional and evocative that way but you j- you just can't. It's not that memorable. It's not as like memorable of it, you know. Yeah, and I think I think you do have to think about that as well. Yeah, when you're when you're making a choice me. like this, it is for and me, for sure. <laughs> no, I, 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 I listened to the assassin. Uh, sorry, the uh, Last of Us Part Two uh, soundtrack and the Last of Us Part One soundtrack quite frequently, but that's just my. Mm-hmm. I'm just living Final Fantasy it. may Final Fantasy may be cheating because of the nostalgia factor and the fact that we've known these songs forever. Like, yeah, but w- what they make up because I thought of that, too. Trust me, I'm very hard on myself when I yeah, make yeah. picks like this. Um, I think the work that they put in to not just doing the lazy thing of like, you know, playing the distant worlds album. Yeah behind the music you know what i mean like they didn't just put an orchestra behind it and say this is now the music they like they literally molded the music around the game and around what you do in the game and like that's not even talking about the new tracks that are in the game that match up so well with the music that's already been there it's just there's such a multi-layered soundtrack effort as opposed to just writing a score for a game and i think it's almost unfair that it's in this category because i'm all these games have amazing soundtracks but like the work that they did with this game and the multi-generational ways it's hitting. And again, like I'm talking about how it's wrapping around the game in different layers. It's just, you, you, you can't get close to it with any other category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, man. hundred percent. Best art direction. Final Fantasy seven remake goes to Tsushima, Hades, Ori, last of us two. Ghosts. My vote is ghosts as well. Yeah, because it, that the game, art the art became mechanically a part of the game, right? Like, yeah, they focused oh, this yeah. game on on it looking like a living, breathing painting of feudal Every Japan frame. that you're that you're riding around in. That was the like oh, one yeah. of the focuses of the game from a design perspective. Every frame in that game is like you're looking at like a like a gorgeous piece of art, 
and it's it's amazing yeah hands down um but not not to discount ori and final fantasy even last of us those those are also amazing looking games but man ghost ghost did nail their their art direction they had a direction for what they were doing you know what mm-hmm. i mean yep best narrative um 13 sentinels aegis rim i don't, I don't even know what this game i don't even know that game is final fantasy 7 ghost of tsushima hades last of us part two this is a tough one i don't think it's that tough you're gonna say last of us too mm-hmm. so am i yeah mm-hmm. only because it took like serious risks like in how, it did didn't it and how it structured the narrative to the point where they potentially could have alienated half their gaming like community. and <laughs> they did they, for a lot did. of people and oh, that succeeded. made me so happy again spoilers if you haven't played this game um but they they made some choices man with this story and it pissed people off and i kind of love really upset gamer bros and there were so many of them mm-hmm. for this game we're, yeah we're you, you, you might you i think you're right i think ghost I, I think i'm sorry i think last of us does take and this. here's the thing they didn't just do it to piss them off they're like the story is incredibly written and well-rounded front to back uh-huh mm-hmm. it should win oh yeah Best game direction. Final Fantasy VII remake. Ooh, Ghost Hades, Half Life Alex, Last of Us Two. Awarded. I'm going to read this this because I think that's important. Awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovative innovation in game direction and design. This is a tough one. I don't think Hades. It's, it's gets tough. It. Tough I because I don't. I don't, even, I don't understand what it means. I, I've never understood what it means. I've never understood what it meant in Hollywood for directors. Best director. He's a guy. Yeah, we've, had, a, we've had a discussion. I think we have it every time we do the Game Awards. Yeah, it, it, we, it, the guy who's the director is the guy who coordinates a team of people. It's, you're asking yes, me best right. supervisor. Right. I'm like, <laughs> who's the best manager? The, the best person at executing his yeah. vision. Well, I don't know. I didn't look at his drawing plans. Well, that's why they, they clarify it by uh, saying... Uh, outstanding creative vision and innovation in the way the game is designed. Well, do you think Ghost of Tsushima, Neo, innovated previous game gameplay that exists? See, well, I, I don't think Last of Us thing. Two innovated. I don't think all. it did either. I'm gonna see. I would say honestly, Final Fantasy VII remake. They created a different new battle system. They took their ideas and made it fresh they took an old story and they redid the story in a way that modernized the experience they changed they like they went on a risk and they like changed like like little things throughout the game to try and do their own take on it um it it, it felt like a new old it, it felt like a new experience but i was playing like a, a childhood story like but you're not you're not giving this to Half-Life Alex that probably literally innovated how people I, play. Yeah, I would say play, uh, like I don't VR. think Half-Life Alex is going to win, but I think it should if we're looking at the criteria of this category. Cuz it's, it's a tough it, one. It literally might have innovated it might have innovated the VR industry in the decisions it made to enhance a person's to tell the narrative through VR. Um, and it did it outstandingly too which probably will open doors to other games doing it that way that's why i'm thinking in that in, in those terms you know mm-hmm. yeah it's not a bad thought and, and, i you know. 
I think I think Last of Us Part 2 is going to win this. Sure. I think it's going to win it because because a, because a part of being a director of a game studio as much as a movie is you have to know how to to pull a performance out of your actors. And like that's the other thing that they do and really team, well. Yeah, and your design team and everything, you know. Like they they pull. And you have to have like a cohesive game experience that that kind of pushes boundaries. And while all these games do that, I I think Final Fantasy VII Remake was too experimental. It had bold choices, but I don't think it was cohesive. Mm-hmm. And, and also, the other thing about all of these things here, uh, one, two, three, four, five of them could only be games. And The Last of Us Part II sure. could, literally could stand alone as more than just a game. Yeah, sure. If that makes sense. It does. It's hard. Last was part two. I think. I think. I think that's where I would vote. Yeah. And the final topic of the evening that we're predicting for the Game Awards 2020 Game of the Year: Doom Eternal. Are you writing these down? By the way, are you writing these down? No, I should have been. I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go listen to my own show. Good. Good. Listen. (laughs) Listen to your own show. (laughs) Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing. Last of Us Part Two, Game of the Year. I think this is an easy one. It's not Doom, Mm-mm. not Hades. Mm-mm. What is? I don't Hades? even think it's Animal Crossing. I, I've never played Hades. What is Hades? Hades is like an action. It's it's kind of like Dead Cells, honestly. Like you progress, it's like a a, a rogue like experience. What can I play that on? Uh, I love Dead Cells. Every, is it everything? I think it's everything, right? No, no it's not. It's definitely It's on Epic Game Store. Also, um, the other one I was thinking 80. of is what's Desperados Three? What's that? I saw that under uh, Sim. I have no, I, I have strategy. no clue. Yeah, I haven't heard of that game. Yeah. Well, that's why I skipped it. That sounds because we didn't like half those most of those games we didn't play. It is on Switch, macOS, Windows. That's it. It's on Switch. If you want to play it on a console, Hades. Okay, I'll look it up. Hades, yeah. That's what I already played Dead Cells on. So I like sure games. So what do you? What are we? What are we thinking here for Game of the Year? Because this is. I mean, I have I have my answer. So I've played three of these games to completion. Minus Animal Crossing, which I don't think is going to win. I trying to think about what I had the best experience with. And Ghost was good. It was beautiful. The story wasn't anything fresh or new. It was like a revenge story with mixed with like war. Um and it had a lot of great themes in it, like a lot of great, like, like, do you betray your honor to win, to win back your country and betray your family? Like it was, there was a lot of really great things in there. The gameplay is fantastic. The visuals are fantastic. The experience is fantastic. But next to like Final Fantasy VII Remake and Last of Us Part Two, which told that kind of revenge story and kind of like, kind of like gave you like the flip of it, like Last of Us did. They kind of they kind of threw that on your head by 
by doing their gameplay choices, like making those choices, making the gameplay fun and engaging and unique. And the animations are gorgeous. And like everything you do in that game, like looks and feels good and it's responsive and the music and like every, when everything comes together for, for these games, God, mm-hmm. it is Last of Us 2, isn't it? Of course. It is Last of Us 2. <laughs> oh my God. Gonna, <laughs> we're waiting for Neo to get there. We're so <laughs> mad. People it are going to be so Us mad. Two. Let them be mad. Holy oh, shit. What the fuck they're talking about? Because, like, Final Fantasy 7 was so fun to play. Like, it was so good. It was incredible. Like, that was a yeah. great time. And the ending, you're just like, oh, what's going to happen next? I don't know. But I played this game, but I still don't know because, spoilers, it's not the same ending. Like, it's. Mm-hmm. Shit, Last of Us Two, guys. That's game of the year, isn't it? It is game of the year. I think the way it hit culturally, I think the way the entire game plays, uh, I think the performances in the game, um, I think the emotional impact of the game, the writing of the game, the environments, the visuals, the story, the sound, like you would, you would take the Last of Us Part Two and show someone who doesn't know much about video games like what an ideal video game experience would be like in 2020. If you did that with Final Fantasy 7, you'd have to stop every 5 minutes ago. Well, this you're doing this because in in 1997 like it, yeah. it's it's not going to just it's not going to hit. The Last of Us Part 2 is going to hit across any generation. Well, there you have it, folks. There you have it. Last of Us 2 is the Emerging Gamers nomination for game of the year sure what a what a year it'll be but don't this worry was, we're gonna have this a a, just i mean i know we're all gonna like you know we're in the middle of, of covid right now but i think looking back at this historically it's going to be incredible to see the influence it had and how things shifted this year because of it and the experiences that we had because of it especially in the digital world and that that influenced so many of these games uh, not only in their like development, but like their their creative choices with you know DLC or how they're serviced. That they're any kind of like you know live service aspect of the games. It just it's insane, and you can't discount it. And it made this year so interesting from a gaming perspective. It really did. And they were good. It was a good year for games too. Like mm-hmm. regardless yeah. of the conditions yeah. of this year. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. It's you have that on top of just really fucking great games coming out this year. So it just it's hard. It's crazy. Cyberpunk hasn't come out yet, you guys. It has not come out yet. And in fact, it is not going to be it is not it didn't make the nomination list because of its delay. Like that's nuts. Yeah, it's going to be it's I actually might suffer because of that if we're looking at 2021's award show. Mhm. You know. Mhm. I'm sure it'll get lumped in there, but at that point you have the entire other year of games and some of those experiences are going to be much fresher and it could still, you know, obviously we're, we were kind of banking on that being one of the contenders just, you know, because of everything we've seen about the game, it could still be that as long as it holds its weight after launch right now, we hold the game in very high regard without having played it. So the real test is going to be, is this game really what we think it is? And if it is, can this game continue to be that experience for people throughout the year to win game of the year, which you know, it wants to do, mm-hmm. you know, they oh, want game that game to win game of the year. And that's really why I'm talking about it like this, because that's a goal they have for themselves. I promise you in that studio, that's their goal. I agree. <laughs> I definitely believe that they're like, 
they're setting the bar high from for themselves with this this, pro, this game. But we won't know until later. We will not. And on that note, it's it's creeping up, man. It's creeping up. It's creeping up. It's a month. It's a month from now. Oh my god. A month from tomorrow, exactly. But you know, it's we're we're almost there. Well, on that note, everybody, let's end the show. Let's wrap. Let's it. do it. I've been Neo Yoshi. You can follow me on Twitter, Neo underscore Yoshi, twitch.tv slash Neo Yoshi. Taking a short break from streaming. I will be back, though. I promise. Cyberpunk 2077 is coming, and I will be playing it. It is happening. I have planned this. It is happening. Soon. He has planned this. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way. Uh, this is the way. Uh, trip. Uh, what's up guys thanks for listening as always I am Trip Zero. you guys can find me on twitch.tv slash trip0tv uh, I stream primarily Mondays Tuesdays and Thursdays 7pm to 11pm Eastern Time uh, this week is a little bit different because of Destiny 2 Beyond Light and all the expansion activities including the build up to the world's first raid race for the new raid the Deepstone Crypt that will be this Saturday at 1pm Eastern and uh, me and my squad will be there at the starting line participating in the race. And I will be streaming that. So uh, I don't usually stream on, on the weekends, uh, but obviously this is like, this is the game. This is the big game that we all kind of prepare for. Um, so I'm excited for it and I hope you guys come hang out and, and check it out. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be wild beyond that. All my socials are trip zero TV, like the stream, very easy to find. Yeah. And this Felix. is, uh, this is Felix Hergood and, uh, my, uh, fuck max chair is not supposed to do what it's doing right now. <laughs> rocking back and forth chairs are not supposed to fucking do that um so thank you whoever made this in fucking east germany oh, God, um, fuck max chair <laughs> it's so funny dude uh, but you can catch me at felix hergood on uh twitch uh when i come back after taking uh <laughs> a year fucking sabbatical <laughs> yeah you still got some time dude. You're, you're, you're not coming back anytime soon oh, <laughs> keep <my God>. chilling <laughs> Um, yeah so but you know i'm I'm on twitter so please follow us there and please uh if you are already subscribed to our podcast can you just tell people you know that we exist you know grassroots this shit let them know Mm -hmm. follow us on youtube and all those definitely follow us on youtube because that's incredibly important sure is sure no no i mean as, as another place where people can find us it's incredibly important apple Podcasts, spotify on android and then youtube is another place where you can see us see our beautiful mugs hell yeah that's right we'll see you next week y'all thanks for having everybody later I wanted to have a conversation about that. This chair is literally, this is a $175 piece of shit. Fuck master or fuck max. Or it's, called. It's, called, it's called. It's called the fuck. Max. Can you just call this chair the fuck master? I want to get it's that. It's literally chair. called. Oh yo, it's, it's called the thick max. And I heard that's fucking German. So it's the fuck max. It's been the, the fuck. fuck master, dude. Oh my God. That's so fucking funny. It's the, it's the fuck max. I've been using the fuck max for, that's for all this incredible. time. That's incredible.